Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. It's good to be back. It's been a couple months since we released an episode, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very good to be back. This Is Your Brain on Podcasts is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, for up-to-date information regarding this podcast, as well as all the other really cool podcasts that they produce. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'm going to take a few moments here and thank the people who helped to make this possible. So thank you, a very big thank you to Barbara Emerson, Wanda Smith, Tierra Penner, Tori Smith, Brandon Nadu, Jeff Perry, Quinn Rupert, and Razvan Katrinescu. You guys are all amazing, and thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your donations on Patreon. It means a lot. If you would like to be one of these fine individuals who help support the show, consider checking out our Patreon page. You can find it at patreon.com slash fsproductions. If you do don't decide to donate to the minimum amount, which is $1 per month, uh, you gain early, unedited, and ad-free access to all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. There are three different tiers, the $1 tier, $3 tier, and $5 tier. If you decide to give us $5 a month, you get your name read out on every single podcast, at the beginning of every single podcast, as and a personal Thank you from me. So check out our Patreon page if you'd like to support the show. Again, that's patreon.com slash fsproductions. And I will also have a link in the episode notes, as always, so it's really easy for you to find. And just again, a very big thank you to everybody who donates through Patreon. Every single dollar helps make this show the best possible show it can be. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would like to support the show in a free way, consider leaving a rating or review on your podcast listening app of choice, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it is, rating re- ratings and reviews really help with visibility. It helps us get through those algorithms. So when people are looking for new podcasts, we are more likely to be recommended with the more ratings and reviews that we have. So it takes two seconds, hit that five star review or that four star, three, two, whatever. Give us a review. Hopefully it's not a negative one because we try our best here, but I, if it is, I would like to know why. I would like to know why you're giving us a one-star review, but uh, we can have a chat about it and stuff, you know? Very, very open to suggestions. <laughs> um, anyways, ratings and reviews are huge. Also, you know, just tell your friends about it. Share, share episodes on social media. Any, anything to get our name out there helps a lot, and we appreciate a lot. So yeah, ratings and reviews are huge. If you're fans of the show and you'd like up-to-date information with everything that is happening at Froggy Style Productions, consider signing up for the monthly newsletter. You can do that at fsproductions.ca. It's the very first thing that you're going to see. All you do is type in your email, hit subscribe, and you will get the monthly newsletter. 
The monthly newsletter comes out on the first Monday of every month, and it just keeps you up to date with everything that's happening at Froggy Style Productions. It uh, lets you know what podcasts are coming out that month. It gives you links to podcasts that have been released in the previous month. Uh, It also gives you access to articles and discount codes and a bunch of other fun things. So consider signing up for the newsletter, fsproductions.ca. While you're there, there's an online store. If you want like t-shirts or mugs or anything like that, we have specific This Is Your Brain on podcast t-shirts. So if you really like the podcast, maybe consider picking up one of those. Uh, You know, they're pretty cool. I think they're pretty cool, but I may be biased. And it's a good way to support the show as well. And you also get a really cool t-shirt out of it. Man, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? I think it does. So anyways, check it out. fsproductions.ca, the online store. It's real cool fsproductions.ca on this episode of this is your brain on podcasts uh i am joined yet again by my lovely girlfriend tiara penner and we sit down and we just kind of talk about you know the things that have been going on in the past couple months since we've been away we were away for the month of june and july and obviously a lot of things have happened in those months uh, including the murder of George Floyd and the the Black Lives Matter movement really gaining ground and steam all across the world. Uh, we also explain why we were gone for so long. Uh, we get into it there. And also just uh, general things about the pandemic and being the best person that you can be in these times and just trying to be kind. Be kind to your general fellow humans you know i think it's very important i think that you know not enough people are preaching kindness right now and i think that it is a very important thing especially in times of trouble in times of strife we all just should be as kind as we can to one another so anyways i hope that you like this episode and if you would like to connect with tiara at all there's links uh in what in how you can do that in the episode notes Uh, So check it out, and I hope that you like this episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcast, and thank you, thank you, thank you very much for sticking with us and continuing to listen. You are all amazing, and have a great day. That was a good one too. <laughs> it was. Actually, that was like the perfect beer opening sound. Yeah, it was like really snappy. <laughs> yeah. It was like it had that like nice hiss, and then it was a good snap. So it was like, oof. Uh, I hope it carries over onto the audio. Anyways, uh, hello everybody, uh, and welcome to another episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. I know it's been a while since we have released any content whatsoever, and I do apologize for that and uh i guess 
just to kind of start off, uh, I'm just going to give a little explanation as to, I guess, why we didn't, haven't been publishing any content. Mm-hmm. I'm also, I should introduce, I'm joined by Tierra Penner. Uh, hi. On this podcast. <laughs> she says hi. Uh, this feels weird. It's been so long. It's been like two months. I haven't done any podcast in two months and I just feel like weird and I don't know. It's gotta get it's back like, your groove it's new exactly it's 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 strange you Anyways. threw off the emperor's groove <laughs> uh emperor's new groove yeah yeah okay i'm just guessing that I was actually, pretty obvious I, I, exactly because <laughs> i i barely even remember that movie to be honest with you oh, i remember the tv show that was a good tv show i don't i've never seen the tv show but that movie was like one of my favorites it's a good movie it's a pretty solid. Anyways, explanation time as to why maybe we have been absent for a little bit. Um, so, you know, obviously COVID-19 hit us all, took us all for a surprise. Um, I was still kind of producing at that time, but I just like, it was really hard for me. I struggled to be creative in those times. Um, and I think it's because that I was also struggling uh, to eat healthy, to be active and to do stuff like that. So it was kind of having an overall effect on me. And then also at the beginning of June, that's when the whole, uh, Black Lives Matter movement kind of really started gaining steam and all that stuff on the news was going down with George Floyd and stuff. And so for the month of June, at least we kind of decided to at least, pause production of podcast to let more important voices kind of shine through and highlight that. And I also kind of tried to highlight uh, some of the content that we had made in the past that maybe also kind of uh, had those voices in them and that message in it. Um, So that's why June was kind of quiet. And then I fully honestly expected to come back in july i uh sent out the newsletter everything was like i got a couple podcasts planned i was actually planning on doing this podcast that we're doing right now in july um but stuff happened uh there were weddings there were vacation trips we took a trip me and tiara took a trip to jasper super dope yeah it was lots of fun but unfortunately there was also loss and death and uh i know that I mean, at least you, I think, well, uh, your grandfather passed away. Yeah. Um, and then we also lost a member of our family, unfortunately, uh, our cat Chester, who, you know, many of you, if you are fans of the show at all, you, he's, he's the one who's constantly meowing in the background. Anyways, he unfortunately got hit by a car, um, actually right in the middle of our vacation, we found out kind of, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, we had like three days left on vacation, but yeah. uh, we ended up coming home early. And that that's just been really kind of, that whole thing was kind of just threw me for a loop emotionally and just kind of threw me off a lot of my game, you know? Yeah. Well, like, he was such a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I've been home during COVID the whole time, so it was... Me and the cats, and I felt a little bit like a crazy cat lady, but Chester was always there, and every day he'd, you know, crawl into my lap, and I knew what his routine was, and he kind of adjusted to mine, and it was a, it was a big blow. Yeah, and yeah, it's just been, you know, as anybody who's lost a pet, 
Uh, it's taken some time to adjust to it and kind of, I, I hate the term, but it is the new normal now to have a life without Chester. And that, as sad as that is, you know, there are obviously, I also took some lessons away from his passing and stuff like that. And uh, the biggest one I would say is that, you know, you never really, like, life is so, it can it can be taken away so suddenly, and I think we all know that. Um, so you never really know when the your last moment with somebody is going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I guess the biggest thing I took away from it is to kind of, you know, make every moment count with the people that you love. Because you never know. Life is fragile, and it can be taken away at any, any time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's probably the biggest lesson I took away from that. But yeah, like I said, it's been it's been hard to adjust. He was such a big part of my life and life is definitely a little bit less good without him in it. Um I've had good days, I've had bad days and you know, he was he was my little buddy and he he was always there for me during the tough times and the good times and no matter what, if I was having a bad day or something, I could just think of Chester going and getting to see Chester at the end of the day. And it would like at least pick up my spirits a little bit. So like not having that is a little hard because I feel like the bad days are a little bit worse. Yeah. Because I just don't have my little dude who follows me around and doesn't care what I'm doing he just loves me unconditionally because I give him food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loved you for other reasons. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I, I would like to think so at least. But <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's primarily because I pet him and gave him food. But Well, you know, the last little while I had been feeding him. Yeah. But he was still definitely following you around. Mm-hmm. This is true. But anyways, he... Uh, we at least did get to say goodbye, you know, kind of in our own way. We had a little memorial i guess out in the backyard when we got home and Mm -hmm. we buried him and put rocks all over his grave and we buried him with some of his favorite cat toys and stuff like that he was buried like a pharaoh yeah he's like he was buried with the highest honors that we could give him in our backyard under a pile of rocks (laughs) (laughs) it's a very nice little cairn we built out of rocks there's some like wildflowers growing near it it's actually a nice little area i I do want to kind of like make a little marking i think Maybe just a little thing that says Chester or something. To... Well, I thought I'd get some oil paints. Yeah. Paint a little Chester. Yeah. Like you're going to paint a portrait of Chester? No. Or... Okay. No, I'm going to paint his name and underneath I'm going to put the friendliest asshole. Yeah. He, he was the friendliest asshole. And like, it, it, it kind of leads me, like, cats I feel like really take on kind of the personality of their owners a little bit. Like, a lot of the cats that I know are so similar in, like, cat forms to the people who own them. Okay, well, here, let's do an example, because I don't see it, but yeah. how is my cat like me? I don't know. I haven't really <laughs> thought of that one, to be honest with you. Uh, she's uh, sporadic, like you are, random spurts of energy. That's fair. Go, 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 go. Okay, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that is very similar. Go, 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 go. Oh, sleep. <laughs> Whereas, like, I don't know, like, at for example, uh, at Tori's wedding, my brother, yeah. I was the best man, and his fiance, when introducing the wedding party, wrote into the speech, like, Cody, the asshole. 
and she knew that it was fine and she actually even checked with me beforehand and I thought it was hilarious but like you know Chester being the friendliest asshole in the world like I'm kind of an asshole but I'm also super friendly and like I don't know I just kind of feel like cats kind of take on the personalities of their owners a little bit especially maybe if you've like raised them from a kitten is that like the the kind of conspiracy or, or not conspiracy but the thing where like dogs start to look like their owners or owners start to look like their dogs yeah maybe <laughs> that's like a thing too and like uh couples too couples like the longer they are together the more and more they start to look alike i feel really yeah definitely there's definitely some couples out there that i'm like you just you fit per maybe that's how you can tell that they're like good for each other because they just like look like they should be together do you know what i mean yeah like puzzle pieces (laughs) yeah it's just like you two obviously are dating because like you look almost identical like you look like you're dating you don't have to go as far as like matching um you know clothes or anything like that but uh yeah anyways uh so yeah that's kind of what's been going on over here and that's why we haven't been putting out any content over the past couple months but (laughs) super happy that i kind of it was also really hard to get motivated to actually do this like being off for so long it was hard to find the motivation to just again do i've been i've been struggling with motivation recently and i'm trying to get better but uh even just to find the motivation to kind of do this and sit down and talk and Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird because as i as i'm talking and as we're doing this i'm remembering why i'd like to do this well that's good why it's fun and stuff like that i uh i had a very similar experience i was like i should go work out i should go work out the gyms are open now i just have to book blah 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 and so then i finally went and swam and i'm like gosh i miss swimming i understand why i miss this now yeah and i like it's like they say like the hardest the hardest part of any project or any any creative thing or whatever it may be working out is actually just doing it and getting started. Yeah. Because once you get started and once you are doing it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is like... Well, you started the momentum now. Well, yeah, but, but also, like, getting started is the hardest part. Doing the thing, actually making, like, doing the thing and taking that first step is the hardest step to take. Yeah. Uh, it's like going from complete inaction to action. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Uh, a good analogy, I guess, is like a car going from complete stop to accelerating. You're using a lot more. Yeah, well, that's just physics. It's like yeah. so getting something to go from not... a stop to a motion is yeah. is harder than just to continue something motion. Yeah, an object in motion stays in motion. Isn't that a law? Uh, no. Okay, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> that kind of physics law, apply it, but the correct one. Damn. <laughs> Um, anyway, so for this podcast, I just kind of want to check in. Uh, there's obviously been things going on, uh, that we can talk about and I wanted to kind of weigh in with my opinions on some things. They're probably not too different than some of the opinions that are floating around out there, but, uh, just kind of wanted to, you know, give where I stand on some issues. And obviously at the beginning of August, uh, uh, the mandatory mask thing here in Calgor- Calgary took effect. So it is now a bylaw that you must wear a mask in all public places, I believe. Yeah. Indoor public places. It's in any public place and public transport. Okay, yeah. And uh, honestly, like, okay, that's that's totally 
fine with me, honestly. Um, I don't know. I, I've never, I haven't really been, I'm not really the biggest fan of government coming in and telling people kind of, you know, that you have to do this or you could be fined or whatever. It's not like uh, just the, the whole concept of that I'm not a huge fan of. I'm, I'm sure that people had similar feelings when they started fining people for not wearing seatbelts. Yeah. I mean, that one I, I, I don't get, I, but I guess the only logic behind that one is like, you're not only a danger to yourself, you're a danger to anybody else who you get into a car accident with. Yeah. Because, I mean, if it is just you who you're affecting, I don't think that there should be laws against it. You know what I mean? Like, say, if you want to wear... If if, if, it, if it was only you who would be affected by wearing a seatbelt or not, I don't think that there should be a law against you wearing a seatbelt. Me, personally, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't want to wear a seatbelt, like, you obviously understand that, like, wearing a seatbelt is beneficial and if you don't want to wear it with all the information that you have then you shouldn't be forced to wear it i don't think yeah but like yeah there was so many like even with all of that information when the new seatbelt law came into effect like it was like a big thing where people didn't want to wear them and we have i think probably on par similar amount of information on the fact that masks do help yeah. and people are still against it so I think that they are very parallel. Yeah. I just think, like, uh, I don't know. Is the is the reason that you have to wear a seatbelt, is that just because, like, you could be a danger to other people? I'm not, like, honestly... I don't remember for sure, but, like, it is, like, it did reduce the amount of deaths and stuff. And yeah. I think that wearing a seatbelt was more, like, kind of like if you see a child at a crosswalk, you're less likely to jaywalk. Like, you're doing it for the children. Like you're putting a seatbelt on your child. Okay, yeah. Well, and you're I get so that. and you're putting a seatbelt on yourself to show a good example for your child. Okay. Type wow. of a thing. Fair. Um, that I think the, the 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 best analogy that I've I kind of seen out there floating around for the whole mask thing is like, uh, it's obviously a way more extreme example, but like during World War II, uh, London and stuff had like mandatory blackout laws yeah so at night you had to turn off everybody had to turn off their lights you know yeah because uh and the thing is is if you didn't turn off your light you weren't just endangering yourself you were endangering everybody around you yeah like a lot yeah so like it's it's obviously that's a way more extreme example than yeah. masks but they do kind of parallel each other where it's not you're not just doing it for you you are putting other people at risk by not wearing a mask yeah because masks aren't there to prevent you from getting COVID-19. It's to prevent you from spreading COVID-19. Yeah. So, I mean... It does stop the spread in the fact that, like, if I wear a mask, I'm less likely to expel particles that much faster. Yeah. So, like, no, it doesn't stop it completely yeah, from yeah. me catching it, yeah. but it does stop, Matt, like, particles from coming into my mouth directly. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, I, I'm not one of those people who are going to yell at somebody for not wearing a mask. I'm not even going to make a comment to them, honestly. Like, if you don't want to wear a mask, like, I really, honestly, I don't care if you don't want to wear a mask. I get, I like, whatever. Just, if you have all this information that has been provided and you still don't want to wear a mask, that's your choice, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to focus on me 
and mm-hmm. I'm going to wear a mask when necessary. And that's all I can do. You know, I can focus on me. But mm-hmm. me telling some other person to wear a mask or that they're an asshole for not wearing well, like, a mask, that's not going to make them wear a mask. No, and like then you're just policing something that you have no control over. Exactly, exactly. And it just makes you feel worse when they don't or when they argue back. Yeah, or it's like it's it's an unnecessary argument that I don't need to get into. Yeah. Like I can control me, so I'm going to control me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set the example. Like w- one of the things that uh, like early on, like early in my 20s, a thing that really kind of resonated with me that somebody said it was Gandhi, but it was, uh, fuck, what's that thing? Uh, shit. <laughs> oh, I it's know. Like, it's like one of my credos and it just like left my brain. Oh, no. Oh, God. Fuck. It's that super famous Gandhi thing. Uh, it's basically like, oh, be the world or be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> I can't believe that was so hard for me. Holy crap. The brain is weird. Yeah. Anyways, so that's like kind of how I've progressed. That's how I kind of try and live my life. Like yeah. I do the things that I want to see happen in the world. Yeah, it's similar to like the quote. I, t- I Sometimes I take care of some kids and one of the quotes that they have on their board is, um, if you can't find a kind person in the world, be one. Yeah, exactly. It's like set the example. Just do you. Do the best you can, be the best you can, and just live your life. Yeah. Nobody, people really need to, nobody's going to change their mind by you coming up and being like, yo, you're wrong and you need to do this. No. They're probably just going to double down and be like, no, I don't need to do this and here's why. And then you're going to get into a fucking argument. It's like, this it's like when somebody's like tailgating you and you're going like five over and then you're like, well, fuck it. I might as well just go the speed limit and then you slow down and they're angrier, angrier, but it makes you go the speed limit even more just to piss them off. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's just like, exactly. People are, people do not change their minds uh, by being told that they're wrong. Yeah. They they don't. If you tell like, no, unless they've already like started to question. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's more so at least personally, uh, the way that I have changed my opinions is it's a slow process. And also it's because of people just having normal conversations with me Yeah, because then I get to see their side of the story. Yeah. You'd be more effective if you walked up to somebody and been like, Hey, why aren't you wearing a mask? Yeah, exactly. Try and get to know them and like why, like they might even have a good reason. Like not everybody should be wearing masks. There are some people with like breathing disorders or something that masks yeah. do. Something I, I something I saw about that is like, it was a sign in a restaurant. I don't know where from. Somewhere in Canada, obviously, or probably Calgary because it was the mandatory mask thing. And it was like, um, like masks are mandatory in our restaurant. If you're not wearing a mask because of a medical reason, you should probably think why you're in a restaurant during a pandemic. Yeah. And uh, if you make up a medical reason, just go home because we don't have time to deal with your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I get that for sure. But if there is an actual medical like, reason... Like going grocery shopping is like, okay, I can't wear a mask. I have like really severe asthma or something and yeah, I can't still, wear a mask going go grocery, grocery shopping. shopping. Yeah, yeah, or like doing mandatory things. But like maybe don't go to a bar. Yeah, bar, maybe not. But, like, also, the thing is, is, like, mental health is a thing, too. No, of course. And, like, being cooped up all that long, or for this long, and not being able to go out, like, that is going to affect your mental health. So, like, I kind of see both sides on that. Like, I understand where the restaurant's coming from, but I also understand if somebody has a legit issue, like, asthma or something, and they can't wear a mask, but they want to go to a restaurant, I get that. Mm -hmm. Because being locked up 
It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. We all know it sucks now. Like, we have, for the most part, I feel like, experienced that, and some maybe to more extremes than others. Yeah. Man, I, when it first started, I had, like, a slight fever. It was just the flu. I, like, was negative. I didn't have COVID. But I, like, remember that I was told to quarantine for two weeks, and so I literally did not leave the house for two weeks. I didn't go grocery shopping. I didn't do anything, and I remember... You were like, I'm just going to drive over here and do something. I'm like, can I just ride in the car? Oh, yeah, you did do. <laughs> like, please, I just need to get out of the house. I'll just sit in the car. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. You were like, can I come for a car ride? I was like, are you a dog? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, I'm going crazy. I need to get out of the house, even if it's just for like half an hour. It's <laughs> like, did you want me to roll down the window so you can stick your head out? Or <laughs> Yeah. No, and so, exactly. So, you know, like, yeah. you, you like... Being alone and confined to your house also sucks. So, like, I like that's so that's kind of a thing. Anyways, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the government telling us that we have to wear masks. uh, And I'm not going to be the person who yells at you for not wearing a mask. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do my best. And I think that it's really stupid that we're letting something like a a face covering a piece of fabric that you have to wear across your mouth and nose i don't understand how this has become like a partisan issue and we're letting it like divide society into the people who think that you should be wearing a mask and the people who don't uh i guess i like i i see i don't know just calling it like a face covering is kind of like taking away what like is the real issue is here like if we were saying oh a piece of fabric divides us and that's silly well like it's happened before oh i know well uh, hijabs anybody yeah like. <laughs> like i was gonna say like a lot of like islamic communities wear like pieces of fabric that we've been very racist this against is, as a canadian society that's very true so like just narrowing it down to a piece of fabric doesn't really hit home yeah uh, it's, it is obviously more than that. Like it is doing your due diligence and preventing the spread of a disease. And I guess the only thing that I would say to people who are so adamant against like not wearing masks or about not wearing masks is like, what if I told you that like wearing that mask would prevent 10 deaths directly, you know, yeah. you wearing a mask would prevent 10 deaths. Would you wear, be more inclined to wear a mask or would you keep uh spouting off about your freedoms and stuff like that and i i agree personal freedoms are very important but also just being kind to your fellow man your fellow human Mm -hmm. is also very important what even if it was one death if you wearing a mask would directly prevent one death like what's what's the issue here you know what i mean like yeah it's it's stupid like it, it the science that we currently understand says that wearing masks helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. So, people die from COVID-19. And yes, I get it. People die from the flu, too. Okay, cool. Whatever. If that's your argument. But it's like one thing about COVID-19 is we don't know the long-term exactly, effects. Exactly. We don't know about this disease right now. So, like, hey, maybe in two years it comes out, it's like, oh, remember how we all told you that you had to wear masks? That did fucking nothing. Who cares? Right now... To our understanding, it helps prevent the spread and helps prevent death. Yeah. So, like, and, okay, so if in two years it comes out that the masks did nothing, oh, wow, you had to put a piece of fabric over your face 
for when like six in, months. When you were in public <laughs> spaces. Not even all the time. It's just when you're in public spaces around people. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then the people, I, I don't know, I've seen the argument online. It's like, this is encroaching on my personal freedoms. It's like, okay, whatever. Don't wear a mask. I don't care. But that freedom argument, it goes both ways. Like, stores have the freedom to say you cannot enter our establishment without a mask on. Like, yeah. So, like, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. But don't bitch about it when a store refuses you service or... Yeah, because they have the right to refuse service yeah, to anybody. Of course. So, like, that's that's my only thing. It's like, like I said, if you don't want to ma- wear a mask, I don't care. Just don't bitch about it when you get refused service or... Because that is what the law is right now. Or if you get a fine, like you yeah. can't bitch about getting a fine for something that you told you'd be fined for. Oh yeah, everybody knows that you will get a fine now if you are not wearing a mask in a public space or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're how well they're enforcing that or whatever, but like, the they have told you so. Do not bitch about it if that is something that happens to you and you refuse to wear a mask. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be surprised on that uh, front, I guess. No, definitely not. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, I've uh, um, kind of harped on this enough. I feel like we're all kind of sick of the, of the COVID-19 stuff um, with the masks. And I feel like all, of, all angles have kind of been like pounded into the ground and beaten <laughs> to death. And we're just beating a dead horse at this mo- moment. But I just kind of wanted to put my opinions on the things out there because I haven't been as vocal as some people and like, yeah. So that, those are my opinions on masks and COVID-19 and stuff. And like, I don't know, just, just do your, your personal best, I guess is what I'm trying to advocate. Like if you think wearing masks is that, then do that, you know, like do your best. That is it. So yeah. that's all we can really ask of anybody. Yeah. Be the best person you can be. Yeah. Uh, pay attention to what you're doing. And lead by example. Don't lead by yelling at people and then go and do your own shitty thing, you know? Like, <laughs> there's lots of people like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, uh, so, I guess another kind of uh, big topic right now that we're all kind of aware of is the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that just because we're not seeing it constantly on our dashes whether it be Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, because we're not constantly seeing it, doesn't mean that it's not still an issue. No, no. I think that it's still a huge issue and that people got onto this bandwagon and now that they're not seeing it every hour of every day, they kind of like almost forgot about it. Some people, for sure. Which like is frustrating. Yeah. But that that's 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 what society is now. You know, people like look at look at fucking Tiger King. Look at how it was look at like how he obsessed every single person was for about two fucking weeks. for like two weeks. <laughs> Super obsessed. Everybody's like, yo, have you fucking seen Tiger King? Yeah, that shit's crazy. And if you hadn't seen it, you were like, I should really go watch yeah. this. <laughs> but now nobody talks about Tiger King. Like no. I didn't even they they released that supplementary episode. I didn't even watch it because I didn't even care anymore. Like yeah. it was already gone. Like <laughs> Yeah. But I think that this is such like a big issue. No, yeah. In, this like, is obviously way more important. Not even just like in the US, but like in Canada and the world even. It's just like it's just this so much of a big issue that even though we're not seeing it every day on our feeds and on our dashes, it doesn't mm. mean that it's gone away. And I think that we need to be hyper aware of it now. Yeah. Um because like we weren't before. 
And that was a problem, obviously. Mm. Yeah. And uh, just as I wasn't, or just as I, I don't know. I, my, my opinion on like the whole mask thing actually kind of changed and developed as we went through COVID-19. I thought masks were stupid at first, but I obviously evolved as a human being. Um, uh, I guess what I was trying to, I'm coming to at that is uh, my opinions on, we are both white people. And we were talking about this, but my opinions on white privilege have have evolved and changed over the years. You know what I mean? Which um, is like, it's a sign of growth. Like you have yeah. to, if you don't see the issues, then obviously you don't respond to them. But like now that this, these are like big issues and they're out in the world and like we've all seen the video footage of all of this terrible things happening. And so like, how could you not change how you respond to that? Yeah. And w- w- where I was going with that is like, on previous episodes of this podcast, like some of the more earlier episodes, I may have been like, I don't know, uh, white privilege I thought was stupid and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, honestly, kind of like the typical people who are harping against it right now. But over the years, and and this again comes from like personal examples in my life from people who I have met and just have shared their stories with me. I, I understand what white privilege is. And I understand that I have it and when that that comes into play. You know what I mean? Like the biggest example I got is I used to have a friend um, and they were from Iran. And they we were talking one time and they told me like, you know, I'm just so sick of people always asking me where I'm from. You know, I was born here. And people come up to me and we'll like, we'll be talking or they're like, where you're from? And then they're like, I am from Canada. I was born here. Um, and then, you know, people are usually like, oh, no, but like, where, you know, where are you from? You know, like, yeah. but it's like, talk about making me not feel like I belong in yeah. this country. When you yeah. come up and be like, where are you from? It's like, I'm from here. Yeah. So, like, I, I get it. That, that was actually one of the biggest turning points for me. It's like, I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Because I look like I'm from here. Yeah. Actually, I felt, I briefly felt bad before my friend corrected me. But, like, um, the uh, the night of the big explosion in Beirut, um, we had friends over. And um, I had never really talked with Simon and, like, didn't really know his background or his history or whatever. But he's on his phone. He's like, oh, my God, this is happening right now. You have to see this. I have family here. And I was like, oh, are you from Lebanon? And honestly, immediately, I was like, I am so sorry. I, like, didn't mean it like that. And he's like, no, like, I was born there. But it's fine. Like, it's okay. I'm Canadian now. And I'm like... No, I know that. I just felt really bad asking in that moment. He's like, it's fine. I mentioned I had family there. And I'm like, I know, but like... <laughs> yeah, well, it's just... It, 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 I mean, I, I think it's fine if you talk about stuff like that in a healthy manner and with, like, people you know. Yeah. It's obviously different. But when strangers are coming up to you and asking you, like, oh, where are you from yeah. or whatever, it's and, like... Yeah, I've never had to experience that either. And yeah. it's... Yeah. That, like, that is, like, what the definition of white privilege is. And, like... Yeah, it's like it it took me a really long time to actually acknowledge that I had that and to like kind of really look into it uh, a little bit deeper and kind of like come to terms with that in a way. And uh, it was very health healthy for me. Yeah. And I'm glad it happened in my life. And it made me more again, just 
aware of other people in the world and how that they experience life, you know? Yeah. Because everybody's experience of life is not yours. Yeah. I think it was a little bit different for me because I am a woman yeah. and I'm marginalized in different ways. Yeah. Obviously yeah. not the same ways, but like being put into boxes and being um, not treated the same as, as white men, like it kind of gave me like that viewpoint of being like, there are people that are treated worse than me mm. and that is awful and it should not happen mm. but like it kind of there was instances of being like eye-openers of being like wow like even as a woman i'm still white and i still have more privilege than many other people yeah. and, and to honestly to be honest with you if you live in canada you have more privilege than a lot of people yeah. like no matter what your <laughs> skin color no matter who you are if you're living in canada Chances are you have probably it if you are if you live in Canada and you're listening to this podcast at least, chances are you have a lot more privilege than a lot of other people in the world. Yeah. So it's I a mean, it's a hard thing to kind of like recognize in yourself though. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Because like I mean, your the only perspective that you have of the world is your own perspective. Yeah. So if things are going bad in your life, it feels like end all be all. And it might be, you know, but like it doesn't mean that you are still not more privileged than some people in the yeah. world. Or so. like that your problems don't go away because of your skin color. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Anyway, I, I, I do think that honestly being a woman gives you a little bit more kind of insight into the plight of other people. I think honestly, most women are just more naturally em like empathic, but also I think because you have been marginalized in different ways, it like kind of, at least you have a starting point. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm, I'm a white male. You're a straight white male. Straight white male. I'm literally like the devil <laughs> in, in a lot of super far left circles. But like, so I, I think it took me a little longer to get to the place where I'm at. Like I've always been a very empathic person and, but it took me a really long time to, well, not, I guess not a long, really long time because it, it, it's happened before I was 30, but I mean, it took me. A little bit longer than maybe some other people to like kind of recognize the privilege that I do have and you know recognize that I have it a lot easier than a lot of people out there and, and it's not honestly to discount anybody's problems or discount any any of the stuff that people do go through it's really hard when people are telling me or telling you that like your pain doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, that's what it feels like sometimes. Everybody like kind of experiences their experiences different. Like if I, I went through a really hard time and I would tell people about it when they asked yeah. and they would be like, oh man, like I had like a couple of people be like, oh man, like I feel like my problems are so insignificant compared to what you went through. Yeah. And I'm like, no, your problems are exactly as hard as you think they are yeah, they were just different they're just different and yeah. we're coming from them from di very different places yeah exactly it's like pain in life and suffering in life is still suffering no matter like the suffering is real mm -hmm. no matter what is causing it the external kind of causes are different and they're going to be more extreme less extreme but suffering is still suffering yeah and like the black lives matter movement is is important because like um we all go through very similar experiences. Like I'm sure many people have struggled with mental health through this, yeah. but not only have they struggled through mental health, now they've struggled through 
um, like riots and protests and like being seen and yeah. like trying to be heard. And like, we didn't really have to experience that. We just struggled with mental health. Yeah. Well, and it's just the like, I think one of the big things right now is like, again, like this issue, especially is super partisan. It is, it divides people. Mm-hmm. The Black Lives Matter, uh, like, you know, I have, you obviously get the people who, I have an uncle who sent me this whole thing in my Facebook message. It was a video about, like, how the Black Lives Matter movement is bullshit. My only thought was, like, how is this affecting you, dude? Like, <laughs> how does this have any impact on your life if these people just want to be heard? It's not like they're affecting your life or taking anything away from you. Yeah, and that's the thing with, like, the all lives matter. And I didn't understand at the beginning of all of this of why the difference in sayings mattered so much. Yeah. But it's because, like, I saw a comic and it was, like, a house was on fire and there was a guy spraying a hose on his house that wasn't on fire yeah. and he's like all houses matter and the guy's like right but my house is on fire right now yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly and like that's actually that was a very like kind of an eye-opener eye-opening comic for me too oh really like, yeah well you showed it to me but anyways it's weird <laughs> that like a comic is the thing that kind of made me go like ah, oh. because at first I, I was like yeah like obviously black lives matter but all lives matter and i wasn't saying it as like a, a response to black lives matter i was right. just saying it as like a I, I, I truly believe that we're all fucking human no matter what the color of your skin is no matter what your sexual orientation no matter who you are, we're all human. We are we are all part of the human race. Yeah. That is why it is called the human race. Just because your skin color is different does not mean that you should be treated any differently. We but that's are, how it's been I, for... I, I know, I know. I know that is how <laughs> it's been. But, like, I'm just saying what my beliefs are. Yeah. And But I understand why Black Lives Matter is a thing. It is yeah. because... They are the ones who are being, like, persecuted right now. They are the ones who are being killed by police. And yes, white people get killed by police. I get it. But the proportions are slightly off there, so... Yeah. And also, it's not like... I don't know. The way that black people are killed by police is so different than white people. Like, white people may... Maybe they're, like, domestic abuse or, or they're, like, robbing somewhere or something. But, like, there's been black children that have just been walking home suspiciously i did Mm. the air quotes there (laughs) um and they've been shot in the back and like how is that the same as a police officer shooting a white person because they're in a shootout i mean that that that, just so you know white people get killed as well like there's that whole there's a famous video where uh uh, an officer is like i don't know there was a noise complaint at a hotel or whatever and it's a white guy and he tells him to get on his knees and crawl and stuff and he basically degrades him and as he's he's like crying and as he's crying crawling towards this police officer he's trying to pull up his pants because he's fucking crawling and the cop just fucking executes him essentially yeah i mean that's that happens to white people as well but not to the amount that it happens like there are like the thing that we do have to realize fr- from all of this is that there are just fucking evil people out there. Whether... And they have, like, this great opportunity because they go to school for, what, like, four months to oh, be yeah, police no, officers? No, that's the, that's the <laughs> craziest thing is that you can be a police officer within, like, four months and... Like, you basically do nothing. And then they give you the power to 
kill people. Well, and the, the problem is, is that like with a job like that, there are obviously going to be like there are just bad people out there. Yeah, there, and that there, is there a ba- job that like draws bad people. It, it could, yeah, because it gives you power over other people. There are people yeah. out there who just want power over other people. Absolutely. And like honestly, like I, I really hate that this movement has kind of put it that all cops are bad i really don't believe that all cops are bad so i don't believe that either but i also really really hate the blue lives matter because it's not the same blue lives so police officers go home and they take off their police uniform and Mm. they go out on the streets and they're no longer police officers But black people can't do that. They can't take off their skin and walk around like white people. Mm. Right? So, yeah, everybody's life matters. But uh, a police officer can take off their uniform. And so, no, blue lives, that is a ridiculous offensive statement. And I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that statement, for sure. Um, I, I do think that if you are willing, if your intentions are correct... And you become a police officer for the correct reasons because you want to help people. And I think that is why a lot of police officers get into policing and stuff like that. So you're a good person that got into police, the police business to help people. Great. Mm. Then you see other police officers take action against these people that they shouldn't have taken action against. Mm. And you call them out and you get fired. Or you don't call them out and you keep your job. What do you do? Yeah, I, I get that. The, the culture is obviously very toxic. And so, like, you can't be a good person and stay in the police force for very long. I think you can. I, I, I depends on which... We, we are making massive generalizations right. here. I think it really depends which police force you belong to. That's fair. But, like, if you're seeing stuff like that and you don't call it out, are you still a good person? I think you should call it out for sure. But I think that like to become, especially nowadays, to become a police officer with it being such a hated profession, at least if you are in it for the right reasons and you genuinely just want to help people, that is a fucking noble profession. Yeah, but there's so many other professions that you help people. Yeah, sure. But like, but to actually stop people who like, if you want to stop people who rape people, if you want to stop people who murder people, I don't know, like, because that's what the police does. Yeah, but then you have to be like more like a detective, I think. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. Like, I, I just, I just don't think that these polarizing statements, these uh, ultimatums, basically. I think like, that the polarizing statements are dividing us. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is like when you say all police are bad, that is. The police who are on your side and who believe in you, when you're saying all police are bad, they are now, it kind of like well, isolates them. And... But it hasn't. Not really. Because there's been in protests, there's been police officers that will put down their like batons and their shields and all of their riot gear and stuff and protest with the people. Yeah. And those are probably better cops than the people that are hitting the protesters and shooting yeah. shit at them. And But like, again, just as a, like a thing is... You obviously have both good cops and you have bad cops, right? Yeah. And maybe there's more bad cops than good cops. Maybe there's more good cops than bad cops. I don't know. I don't really know any police officers personally. Me neither. Um, but it's the same with protesters, you know? You have good protesters and you have bad protesters. Well, you have the people that go to protest legitimately just to loot. Well, to loot or cause shit or break things. And yeah. it's like, 
you're giving the protests a bad name or whatever. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, it's like, obviously this is a problem, but, and honestly, the media coverage doesn't do any, anybody any favors on either side. Like it's, it's ridiculous. We live in such a crazy time right now. Yeah. And it's just so, like, I just, I just feel like statements where all blank is blank is so dividing and we just need to be careful about that because sometimes when you make statements like that, you're isolating people or neglecting people who might be on your side if you just gave them the chance. Yeah. Something I saw, it was another comic, <laughs> but um, it was like, oh, like uh, defund the police. And it's been a really, really hot issue is defund the police. And mm. I personally agree with that. Mm. But um, a lot of people didn't really understand what this statement meant. Like, I've talked to friends that, like, saw this comic. They're like, I get it now. And it was a comic where this police officer is holding all of these boulders. Yeah. And they're, like, social work and and drunk people and and, uh, people that have, like, mental health disorders and, and stuff like that. And even, like, homeless and whatever else. And he's holding all of this stuff. And... This person comes with, like, defund the police. So he's like, well, how, if you give the police less money, how are the police going to carry all of these things? But defund the police isn't about making the police officers carry all these burdens. Mm. It's about spreading them out over society. So it's about, like, giving uh, communities more money so that more less people become homeless. It's about providing affordable housing for people. It's about uh, putting addicts not in jail but into recovery. Yeah, I think it's just, like... It's it's providing more social programs. And it's, Absolutely. And it's also providing people... Like, honestly, do I think that police should be making... Uh, they're called, what, well-being checks or... Uh, I don't know. I forget what they're called, but uh, basically it's a check to be like, oh, this person is basically suicidal. Yeah, no, that should be done by a social worker it or should, somebody, it, like, somebody that has gone to school... To deal with that kind of situation. But, like, that job doesn't exist right now. That's the thing, right? So you call the police, and they go in. And then, uh, at least in Canada, it seems like a lot of times, it, especially if you're Indigenous or a person of color... You get put in jail. Well, you Or you get killed. Yeah. And But I just... I don't think that the police... I think the police should be dealing with the truly bad things in yeah. society and the cartoon ended with that guy just holding the boulder of keep the peace keep the peace he should be dealing with the murderers the rapists the, the robberies the, the, the robberies <laughs> the unrest but you shouldn't be called because some dude's drunk in a parking lot that's, or like somebody's taken off all their clothes like that's obviously like a mental it's, health it's, it's, thing a, it's a non-violent offense yeah like i i get it if maybe i get it if you you maybe need a police officer present just because if things do turn violent, it would be nice to have somebody there who... Well, I think that if we do defund the police and those orga- organizations get more money to train people up in this, that they should also train them in how to de-escalate situations from violence. Yeah, true. But also, the, like, no matter what, like, as much as you can de-escalate, like, some situations are going to turn violent. Yeah. And you just need to have the proper training to deal with those situations. But and if that's... a police officer can be trained in four months, those people can also be trained the, in that time to is, deal is, with that. The things are... The thing is, is police officers, I don't think, can be trained in four months. No, I, think I don't they think need that they a should. lot more extensive training. And I think that they uh, should be required to do continuous training. 
continuous sh- training and psych evaluations yeah continuous training and psych evaluations i definitely agree with that just like because honestly being a police officer like i'm sure being a firefighter or whatever anything that's like emergency or an ems person like where you're first on the scene to like brutal car accidents mm-hmm. or people who have been murdered or raped or children being killed like you you don't understand i i don't know if some people understand what police officers actually have to deal with and i'm sure what effect that has on their mental health yeah no i i totally agree i think that well like one thing one i think it was like a tweet i saw was like how do lawyers go to school for like six to ten years to understand the law yeah but police officers go to school for four months to uphold the law yeah. that doesn't make sense yeah it's, I, I think more training is required, for yeah. sure. I think that, like, more stringent, like, background checks, psych evaluations, and, like, continuous, like, updates and, and training is needed. At least yearly psych evaluations. Oh, or for sure. Like, that. like, I don't I, I feel like, honestly, you should probably treat the police the way you treat the military. Like, the amount of training that military people go through is intense, right? Yeah, it is. And honestly, it the, the, the military probably deals with the public a lot less than a police officer does, but they have the same kind of power. Yeah. Actually, something I read is, like, I think it was from the U.S., though. It was a soldier that went, and they were in Iraq, and, and they were saying, is like, if they have a situation where they need to shoot somebody... They have to go through this giant checklist. And then if they... So, like, they have to, like, uh, try to de-escalate the situation. And if that doesn't work, they shoot non-lethal. They shoot to, like, uh, like a leg or an arm or something, like, non-lethal. And if they do accidentally kill somebody, a full investigation is launched. And if it turns out that you killed somebody that didn't need to be killed, you're like... um, What's the word when you're put out from service? Uh, discharged. Discharged. So, like... That needs to happen. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And, like, obviously the, the whole George Floyd thing, that was a a blatant, a super blatant guy, uh, su- sorry, super blatant case of a police officer who was abusing his power. Yeah, absolutely. And killed somebody for no reason. And it doesn't matter what his background was, if he had crimes in the past or whatever. His current uh misdemeanor really is all it should have been is he was trying to pay with something for a counter with a counterfeit 20 bill dollar bill or something like that i'm actually not super i'm pretty sure it was something to do with a counterfeit 20 dollar bill but if that was the only thing that he did the force that was um used to subdue that person was obviously not necessary yeah and like to go on the counterfeit thing is like I worked in retail yeah. and even if, so the force was not necessary, no matter if he was the one that counterfeited that. But if we came across the counterfeit bill in retail, yeah. we just told them, we took it into our like till, yeah. told them this is counterfeit. We're ta- we're keeping it to give to the police. So you need to find another way to pay. Yeah. Like it was never on them. Yeah. And sometimes, hey, counterfeit money gets spread around. So like... Yeah. Sometimes you might not know it's a counterfeit And, like, I had this lady, and she had no idea that this was a counterfeit bill. Yeah. Like, she was like, oh, my gosh, I am absolutely shocked. Like, I got it from a bank machine. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Uh, That could have been a story, too. Who knows? But, (laughs) yeah. Anyways, I, I, I think that, yeah, I think that people... 
sorry, I think that police just need, they need more training. I think we need more accountability. Oh, accountability. And like it, the, the whole thing is, it's so funny where you get all these companies and all these people who are like, well, this is what we're doing because of the George, George Floyd murder or whatever. And we're going to start doing this. And, and like, that's good. But also like, just the people who murdered that guy, just throw them in fucking jail. Yeah, I think only one of them has been prosecuted or something like that. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard stories about the people surrounding, and I've heard that, like, one of the guys, it was, like, his third day on the job, and, like, he was being trained, basically, essentially. Wow. And, yeah, so, like, some of them, I, like, I get why, like, you know, maybe you didn't do anything. Like, yes, you should have done something, but... I, I feel like the police is a little bit kind of like the military where you don't question the orders of your superiors. You know what I mean? Which I, should change. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if somebody is ordering you to do something unethical, you should obviously question that. But like, it's not part of the culture in the military or the police, I believe. Did you know that in the German military, I believe it's the German military, that one of the things that every soldier is taught is that they do not have to follow an order if it does not morally resound with them. If they think that something is morally incorrect, they mm. do not have to follow that order. Yeah, and like, I, I'm, I'm sure, well, actually, I'm not sure, actually. I'm sure there might, I just said it again. <laughs> I don't know, there might be something like that in the, the United States military, but how much is that abided by exactly. when you have somebody who's, has this authority yeah exactly who has this authority over you and like it's part of the culture the culture needs to change too you know what i mean like the culture of policing needs to change it it it, and i get why the culture exists it's like i'm sure it feels like it's them against us sometimes or it's them against the world or whatever and it shouldn't feel like that it's so many police systems around the world don't feel like that. And yeah. so, like... It's, it's the way policing is done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I, was in, I was in Denmark last year, and there was these two police officers. They were just riding along on their horses, which was kind of funny. And my little brother was like, uh, oh, yeah, these are, like, the police officers. They just go around here. You can, like, ask them for directions, and they're here to help you. And, like, obviously, if they see you doing something wrong, they're going to stop you. But, like... He said, like, most people don't do things wrong in Denmark anyways because the police have access to their bank accounts, which in the U.S. obviously would not work out very well. But if you get a fine, it comes right out of your bank. Yeah. And that's just, like, I don't know. Denmark is a much smaller population, obviously. And, like, area. And area and all that. And, like, it's kind of the whole scandinavian argument you know it's like why can't we just live like sweden or why can't we just live like iceland or whatever there's barely any do you know how many people live in iceland it's uh about a 15th of the population of calgary it's like two hundred thousand people live in the whole country of iceland yeah look it up what yeah no i thought it was like the population of calgary lived in iceland no it's like a tenth of the population of Calgary lives in that Cal- uh, Iceland. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's so small. And, like, I, I know that that's not, like, an excuse, but um, it is why some things work in, like, those Scandinavian countries and they don't in other countries. At least the United States. They have okay, a but population like, that's ten times greater than our own. That's fair. But, like, in Japan, Japan has a fairly large population. True. And their police officers, they have... 
little I don't remember what they're called, but they have little police stations mm. um along the, like the major roads and transit ways. I've heard I haven't been to Japan. Yeah. Um and you they they're little legitimately just for helping people. Like you can stop in and be like I lost my cat. Yeah. I lost my I don't know where I'm going. I need help like doing this or that or whatever, right? And these officers that are police officers are trained to help you. Yeah. And that's their job is to help people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, and I get it, but I think to, like, culture, I think it, it all boils down to culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. The Japanese culture is so much different from ours. That's they're, they're taught different values growing up, um, where at least, at least in the American culture, it's more of an individualistic attitude, and I yeah, think that well, bleeds over into Canada a lot as well. Because the United States is so capitalistic that how yeah. could it not be individualistic? But I mean, Japan is still a capitalist country. Yeah, but it's leaning towards more socialist. Mm, I don't know about that. It's very capitalistic, actually. Have you seen all the towers in Tokyo and all the yeah the the crazy advertisements and the game shows and stuff like that? I feel like Japan is very capitalistic, but it has more of a focus on kind of maybe uh, community community values and stuff like that and again not saying japan is the perfect place either because a lot of people literally work themselves to death in japan in office buildings so like there's some trade-offs there but yeah but we're just talking about police force yeah but like i don't know i i yeah culturally i think that the united states is very different it's very like a me against the world type attitude you know what i mean i yeah i know what you mean but i also don't really like i grew up in canada and it's it's very similar to the united states in culture wise and i've found that like i like other cultures better over mine like i don't really embrace or really enjoy the capitalistic uh, one for, like, just for yourself mindset. And I try very hard to be more community-oriented. And I try to to do things that would be more, like, socialistic, I guess. Because those are the values that I value. And so I find that I resonate with other cultures a lot more than I do with my own. To an extent. But uh, do you buy things on Amazon? Sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I think uh, probably the majority of the people who are listening to this podcast, you probably bought something on Amazon at some point. But so does my brother who lives in, yeah. in Denmark. Yeah, great. Like but everybody I'm just saying, around I, the world. But, no, but I'm just saying Amazon is a product of capitalism. It's not a product of socialism or it's not a product of community. It's a product of one guy being like, I'm going to make a fuck ton of money. True. But it doesn't mean I agree with those values. Yeah, but you support them with your money. But I try not to. If I can find okay. a product or something that I'm looking for on Amazon close to me or in my city, I go and pick it up there. Okay, that's great. I'm just saying, like, we we, we kind of have to, like, yeah, yeah, it's easy to say things, but, like, also, like, where where are you spending your money? Like, what do you support with your money and stuff like that? Like, Well, I try to, I try to support local. And, yeah. like, there are things that I haven't been able to find local that I have bought on Amazon. And, like, I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Amazon, like, aside from the obvious things that are wrong with <laughs> Amazon that we all know. But, like, hey, I mean, everybody loves cheap books every once in a while. And even some of the people who I know who spout off the hardest socialism, left-wing stuff, buy things on Amazon sometimes. Like, yeah, it's 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 okay. I think it's I the think, convenience of it. I think, I, I think that 
what we, we're really looking for is we need a mix of both. We yeah. need something that sits in the middle because we've seen that the far left, that doesn't work. The far right, that doesn't work. You have Nazis, you have communist Russia. Those things are terrible. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I think we need some sort of mix of both, and we just haven't really kind of found that yet. Yeah. At least that's that's my thoughts on the matter. Some people obviously have completely different thoughts on that. But I think that we should be more like Star Trek. I think that they found the mix. Well, well, uh, <laughs> go out and advocate for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I did actually learn a crazy fact about the united states today that kind of fits in with this whole black lives matter thing and i heard it on the joe rogan podcast um just a complete caveat (laughs) if you have listened to the same podcast but uh um i think black people or african americans are six times uh or the united states incarcerates african american people six times more than South Africa did at the height of apartheid. Wow. Yeah. So that's just something to think about, I guess. And for all those people who are spouting off that, you know, there isn't any racism in policing, just think about that. Like, the the apartheid in South Africa during that time was probably one of the most racist times aside, in recent memory, aside from slavery and all that stuff. But... Things need to change. I think that we can all agree that what's happening right now is not uh, conducive to the equality of all human beings. And that's what we should be striving for. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So at least those are some of the opinions that I have on... uh, That we have. That we have, sorry, on the, Mm -hmm. the, the things that have been happening in this world. I think that... No matter where you stand on whatever issue that we've discussed, you should not let it divide you from other people. You should not let it divide you from your community. Um, Have conversations with people. If people don't agree with what you're saying, don't yell at them. Don't tell them they're wrong. Have conversations with people. Try and make them know where you're coming from. I think that the difference between, like, arguing and, and talking is, is really putting aside what you're angry about mm-hmm. and seeing where they're coming from. Yeah. And just because they won't do the same for you doesn't mean that you can't offer that to them. Well, yeah. If you're not going to offer it to them, then how can you expect them to offer it to you? Yeah. If you're not willing to do it, why do you expect other people to do it, you know? Yeah. And I think that another important thing is that every single person has lived a different life from you. Like your life is unique and it is completely different. And the lives that people live are the foundation for their beliefs. Mm -hmm. So if they have grown up maybe in a maybe racist household or something, and they don't have many friends of who are people of color or whatever, Um, you yelling at them that they're racist and they're wrong isn't going to fucking change their mind. It's going to make them double down on their beliefs and be like, wow, what my parents told me is right. Yeah. So just try and engage with people in conversation. And I I know it's hard sometimes. Actually, something um, pretty much exactly on the same line that I read the other day is um, this person who was talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. And they were saying, like, Jehovah's Witnesses 
mainly don't go door to door to try to convert people. That's not the main way that they convert people. They do that to show the younger members that people are evil and that their church is doing the right thing. And so when you answer the door and they're like, oh, can we chat? And you're like, no, I have to go sacrifice my child to Beelzebub or or whatever you say, right? Oh yeah, that's definitely the one I would do. That's just (laughs) convincing them that their church is right. And it's making them harder for them to change their mind and leave if they had doubts about it. Whereas if that you interact with them and you're like, actually, no, like I'm not interested because I have a different faith. This is what I believe. It's showing them that people of different faith aren't evil. It's showing them that like they can have a different opinion. Whereas like if you just show people the opinion that they already have of you, if like you come up and you stomp up to somebody really angrily and you yell at them, like that's just reinforcing their opinion of you. No, definitely. I I think honestly, the the biggest thing that you could probably take away from this podcast, whether it be the, uh, what we talked about with the masks or the black lives matter movement is that you really just need to treat people how you would like to be treated. And I know that that is super basic and probably (laughs) super, um, cliche, but it's fucking true. If if you don't want to be yelled at and you don't want to be told you're wrong and you don't want people screaming at you, why the fuck would you do it to other people? Yeah. And like, even if you wholeheartedly believe that you're right, doesn't mean that other people wholeheartedly don't believe that they're right. Exactly. Everybody (laughs) thinks they're fucking right. That's a, I, I don't know if that's a big secret, but everybody thinks that their opinions are the right ones because they are the opinions that they have formed through their life experiences and their interactions with people and their parents and their family and everything. That is who they are, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, treat people the way that you would like to be treated. Yes. Treat people, if you think they're wrong, treat them the way that you would like to be treated if you were wrong. Yeah. And yelling at them and telling them they're wrong isn't the way that I can almost (laughs) guarantee you 99.9% of people do not want to be treated that way when they're wrong. Yeah. They would like to be, like, maybe a gentle reminder in a conversation, you know? Yeah. Or like, hey, this is the facts that i've learned yeah why do you think that you like why do you think this way yeah exactly and like we say this and obviously we're both not perfect and i'm sure (laughs) that we get told we're wrong and we get angry all the time like i personally i have for sure and it takes me a little bit to like realize what i have done and then like come to terms with it and uh, honestly it's hard to live what you preach um, but just do the best you can. Mm-hmm. It's 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 okay to admit that you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Just just do the best that you can. You yeah, know, absolutely. and treat people with kindness. I think that we really just need to focus on kindness. We can't let fucking bullshit politics divide us. We can't let masks divide us. We shouldn't at least. Like we we're all in this fucking together. This is our world, and we should treated as such yes yep well on that note i think that's a good way to end sure sounds good to me this was actually a pretty uh this is a good conversation to to start it off with and be back on so yep thank you very much for having this conversation with me thanks for having me on the podcast it's always very interesting and fun 
eh, it can be fun. Yeah, actually, I had I had a lot of fun. So it's it's good to be back and it's good to start doing this again because yeah. I realized like five minutes in why I do this. So yeah, you just forgot how much you loved it. Yeah. So so also a big thank you to all the people who have you know stuck it out with us and continue to follow and care essentially. So yeah. thank you. You're welcome from everybody out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you like this episode of This Is Your Brain on podcast, consider leaving a rating or a review on your podcast listening app of choice. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Help us break through those evil algorithms and reach the most amount of glorious listeners that we possibly can. And let us know how we're doing. For up-to-date information on the show, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more ways in which you can support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.